space invasion, shape-shifting aliens, big car chase. A rough day. Agent Fury. You know, typical nine to five. In ten days. Witness the rise of a hero. Wanna fight? Grunge is a good look for you. Captain Marvel, with a PG-13. Hello everyone, this is Rico, and you're listening to Treks in Sci-Fi. This is going to be show 719. It is March 3rd, 2019. And that was a little TV spot for Captain Marvel, which is premiering later this week. Yeah, it's hard to believe it's already here. And I guess that means it's summer, right? Or the kickoff to the uh, to the summer movie season is happening in the first, almost the first week of March. It gets earlier and earlier every year, but I'm excited. I'm excited to see it. I'll talk a little bit more about that in today's show. But this week, uh, I had this idea. I've had this idea a couple of times in the past, and I decided to finally do it. Uh, what I'm going to talk about today, and it's going to be kind of a small subject in a way. Well, you'll know that in a minute. Is I want to talk a little bit about um, since uh, just a week ago it was just a week ago, right? The Academy Awards was on television. And I want to talk a little bit about the history of sci-fi, fantasy, those kinds of films with Academy Awards. Or And, it, and it, you guys all know already, basically, they, they hardly ever win in anything except for the technical categories. But I want to comment on that, talk about a few of the, of the wins that they have had, and, and uh, maybe come up with um, a couple of ideas of, of ways that this could get better, maybe. But uh, that is going to be the topic for today. Talk about some other things, recent television movies and so forth. So that is the subject uh, going into this show. Oh, I'll talk a little bit about Alita Battle Angel. Is, is that how you say it, or is it Battle Angel Alita? Which which is it? I'll find out in a minute while you're listening to the opening intro to Treks in Sci-Fi. I'm Captain Kirk. Gentlemen, may I present the winners of the 74th Annual Hunger Games. We are the man in black. I'm the doctor, by the way. What's your name? Rose. Nice to meet you, Rose. Run for your life. My name is Optimus Prime. I am the Futurist of War. Resistance is futile. Yes, a Jedi's drink flows from the Force, but beware of the dark side. Uh, welcome to the show, everyone. I hope everyone's doing well. It is, uh, again, today, March 3rd. Still winter here. What is the weather in Michigan? 28 degrees Fahrenheit. Uh, it's just, it doesn't go away ever. Uh, we've not seen above freezing in a while. And uh, yeah, I'm tired of it. 
it is sunny out today, though. Maybe we'll hit about freezing point of, of water. You know, when uh, I've said before, you know, when you're below freezing, it's it's a very uncomfortable outside, right? So, yeah. But we are getting longer days. Spring is coming. It's got to be coming. Uh, there is a, um, well, for Michigan, typically March is still pretty bad, the weather. Uh, by the time April comes around, we should be in pretty good shape. But, you know, we'll still have some colder times, but spring will be in the air much more. So we've got a few more weeks to, to handle this. Uh, just, just really cold this winter and a good deal of snow. Really crazy windy last week, too. Anyway, I know a lot of places are having bad weather. I mean, they had, um, we saw my, uh, you know, my oldest son is married, has a baby now. Uh, I am known as Pappy. And <laughs> it, um, anyway, uh, his wife's mom was in town. They live out, they do kind of what's called the snowbird thing. They don't go to Florida for the winter, but they go to Arizona. And she was showing some pictures from Arizona with snow out there. And I was like, what? And I know Vegas got snow. So all these crazy snow in these places that uh, that don't normally get it. So, yeah, I, I, I kind of feel for you guys, but not that much because, you know, I live in this, you know, for months of the year. So you get you have you. It's kind of almost more of a fun thing for them, I feel like, unless it's doing some damage to plants, which is not good. But we had that happen here a few years ago where we had a really early spring uh, the weather got really nice and, and warmer, which made trees bud out and fruit trees and things like that start to bud out. And then we got a we got a, a freeze after that for for uh, several days, like a week or something like that. And it killed it pretty much killed the apple crop one year. This was that was a while back, probably about six or seven years ago or more. That that is not a good thing when that happens. So enough weather talk for all of you. You're here to talk about cool things or I'm here to talk to you about it. You're here to listen. Hopefully, it'll be fun, enjoyable. Uh, but, um, yeah, we're here to talk about geeky things, our favorite topics, sci-fi, fantasy, television, movies, books, comics. Uh, it's uh, it's so... I've, um, I've said many, many times on the podcast, it's so hard to keep up with things these days. But we will try. We will try. It, it, you know, it takes, uh, it takes a lot. You know, there's... It, I've said many times also that, you know, growing up uh, when I did with reruns of just basically the reruns of the old original Star Trek series to watch, that was it. We'd get an occasional movie. uh, And then, of course, when Star Wars hit in 77, that changed the whole landscape, right? And these days, comic book movies, you know, people complain there's comic book movies and, and, you know, the opening uh, TV spot to Captain Marvel we're going to get that. We're going to get a new Spider-Man movie this summer. We're getting, of course, the second part of the Avengers thing, Avengers Endgame in, in late April. Uh, there's um, there's another one. Isn't there in the fall? What am I missing? Oh, no, there's Shazam, right? There's the Shazam DC movie, which looks fun, uh, before Avengers, after Captain Marvel, before Avengers, right? I think that's in early April. Uh, so yeah, there's, or late March. Is it early April? Late March. Anyway, I don't know. I like it. I enjoy it. I've said many, many times back when I was first reading comics in in high school and and college, when I really started to get into it in college, the, uh, just the, the concept or the idea that these, they would be making movies like they are now with these characters and, and that is, is just amazing to me. 
And we still have people that complain about it. People that are complaining about Star Wars and and even Captain Marvel is getting all this weird early like negative press, which is just terrible in my opinion. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes, I don't know. I, I don't use that site much, but the, the thing that I heard was, was that people that were posting reviews up already. I mean, how can you post a review up for a movie? This is just the public. Yeah, you've not seen it. You, you haven't seen the movie. I mean, are, I, people basing things off trailers and then other crap about... Oh, there's all kinds of controversy here. There's always controversy, right? I just... Um, I don't get it. I don't get why people go out of their way to, to not only, like, dump on something, but especially when they have no basis for that, right? Uh, it's just, it disappoints me in people when, when that happens. And the, uh, and the other part about it is I don't think it really is an accurate representation of the, um, the, the people at large. I think it's just a, you know, a select group. We, we call them toxic fans, they're known as sometimes these days, which seems like a, uh, you know, backwards way of saying it. But I know Jen and Angela on the Anomaly podcast talk about it uh, a fair amount. But this uh, this group out there that just seems to want to just chew up and, and spit out everything and just is, is down on things. I, I don't understand it. I've always felt like if you're, if you're that negative, it just pervades your whole life and you become a negative person and I don't want to be like that and I I just don't really frankly care about stuff that I don't like like I mean in other words I I have a pretty good sense of what I will like I go see it and and then I I usually do and and I try to take what these things offer me I mean there have been some clunker things you know the DC movies I've I've said a few times I've not you know that have not been the greatest although I've still enjoyed them to a degree uh, I think I actually think Justice League movie was not that bad. I, I thought they got better than like Batman versus Superman, but the um, but it's just this this just this constant. And then now Star Wars is starting to heat up because we have Episode Nine coming later this year. Star Wars Celebration is in uh, not that long, like a month, a little more than a month, month and a half, and in in mid April. And we'll probably be getting the first trailer then. Maybe get something a tiny bit before that. Probably get the episode title, I think. I think we should get the episode title before that happens. Uh, I think that's the way they've done it before. So, But just this group, and, and, and Star Trek Discovery is another one. Uh, I mean, this season, I, I, en- I really enjoyed season one of Discovery. I've said it before. I thought they did a great job. It was very sort of different. It was not what I would have expected for a season one. Uh, but I think that's, that's cool that they took a chance at something kind of, kind of blew things, expectations out of the water. And now season two is very interesting too. I mean, most people still, the, 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 the general trend is, well, how can this be, you know, in, in set like 10 years before the original series, you know, it looks so much more futuristic and we've talked about that before. It's just, that's the way you're going to make this and it, it's going to be for a modern audience. Now, could you have maybe taken the original sets and jazzed them up just a little bit and then used it that way yeah but you got to look at the characters the stories the actors and and not be too concerned with the rest and 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 honestly the rest is super great and cool looking i mean we've never we've never ever had a star trek series that has had more money and more um production design uh, spent 
and and just we've never never had it and and why not enjoy it you know the the coolness of the show so and again beyond all that it's not just that there's a lot uh, of heart there's a lot of character stuff in this and and very good stories so all that said uh, i mean if you're still one of those who's just downing it for no reason and haven't even watched it i i i can't understand why you'd be watching it if you're downing it right because that would make no sense to me. It's season two. Why, why would you still be on board? But the good news is, even with all that, uh, let's bring things up a notch and, and get more positive. It, it's just been renewed. Uh, they're about midway through season uh, two now. It just got Star Trek Discovery got renewed officially for a season three. Now, there was all this stuff online. You know, there's um, some groups on Facebook and other websites out there that were saying, you know, th- this is the hilarious thing about all this. All these fans who are kind of down on it, some of them took it upon themselves to say, well, we have insider information and the show is not doing well and it's going to get canceled. And and we're all going to be right now that you're going to see that fans aren't watching this and they're not paying for CBS All Access. And and that turned out to be, of course, a bunch of hooey. People were just making that crap up. And and it annoys me, you know. There there's all this commentary these days, especially in the political world, which I'm not going to get into, uh, about called what's called fake news. And it's very distressing and disturbing to me that that fan sites play this game, and, and these stories get picked up on on Facebook groups and all that. It, unless you're talking to somebody who's actually working on the show. I don't believe anything that I that I read until it's confirmed by either CBS or someone on the staff, like a writer or or a director, or or even one of the cast. And you know they're doing these uh, weekly uh, uh, Facebook uh, video things. Uh, just go to the Star Trek Discovery official group and you'll find them there. And I've been trying to post them on the Treks and Sci-Fi Facebook uh, group as well each week. But until stuff comes out official, nobody knows all those other things. It was just their way of trying to down on it. And I'm glad to see they're proven wrong. Now, I put up a comment on one of those feeds where I said something like this. And, and, I, and I've known this is always true. CBS, you know, started this new network, All Access. They have a few other shows on there uh, now. They're starting a Twilight Zone show next uh, month. The Picard series is in pre-production and is expected to premiere sometime later this year, probably, I'm guessing, towards the fall, maybe even a little later, maybe early winter. Uh, but um, this network is not going away, and Star Trek Discovery is pretty much the flagship show for it. So it, it's going to run for many, many seasons. They've got a great cast. They've got a, they're really hitting hitting their stride, I feel like, this year. I, I, I think there's no stopping this show. And to, to think that... Um, you know, I, I will get just get sort of some weird kick out of if we're in season like five and there's still people downing it. It's not Star Trek. I'm like, it doesn't matter, dude. It, it doesn't matter anymore. It's that ship has sailed. So uh, get on board or or move along home. So <laughs> get the reference there, Deep, Deep Space Nine. Move along home. All right, I'm gonna take a uh, I'm gonna take a short break. I feel like that was a bit of a soapboxy. Uh, you know, Stan Lee, uh, rest in peace, Stan Lee on, uh, uh, Marvel comic book legend. Uh, he had these things called Stan soapbox in, in the comics in the old days. So there was Rico's soapbox where I was, I didn't really necessarily mean to get into all that. Uh, but, uh, it's good to talk about. And it is something that's very current on the web and something that we all kind of run into. So, um, 
I'll be back in a moment. I want to talk a little bit about, uh, it is called Alita colon Battle Angel. I really think Battle Angel Alita would have been a better movie title myself. Uh, but I'm going to talk about that. Saw it last weekend and uh, talk a little bit about um, some of the things I've been watching. And then we'll get into talking about the the uh, fairly limited topic of Academy Awards in science fiction, fantasy, and so forth. Hey, fellow truckers. Sean here from the Rusted Robot Podcast saying you're listening to Rico and Friends on the Treks in Sci-Fi Podcast, your weekly dose of geeky goodness. Keep on trekking. Okay, uh, Alita colon Battle Angel. Uh, this movie uh, is, uh, the effects were by Weta Digital. It is directed by Robert Rodriguez, uh, writers James Cameron, Alita uh, Kagrogrius, something like that. One more, let me see who else is on this. Uh, Yukito Kishiro. Uh, so this movie is about uh, Alita, obviously, played by Rosa Salazar. This is a very effects-heavy movie and character the main character is sort of a cybernetic person and you know rosa salazar uh who did the voice and and i think some of the motion capture uh the she uh she kind of looks like the character and and they do that a lot with with this kind of thing uh her face is, is is looks a lot like the uh alita character so the so this is based on uh anime uh manga i don't know how much anime there's been of it but there's definitely manga graphic uh japanese basically japanese comic books uh of uh alita i've never read them didn't know that much about the story but the commercials looked intriguing and i and i've always loved or been kind of fascinated by these futuristic movies with with artificial um artificial intelligences artificial uh cybernetic you know people whatever you know that's been kind of a very common theme in sci-fi for a long time especially in the last several years with uh companies being able to create more and more lifelike robots uh you've seen these things in videos all over youtube and there there's um there's that show humans uh that british show humans which is very good i think there's one more season of that still coming so we uh we also have christoph waltz uh who's dr dyson ito in this movie jennifer connelly is sharon uh, Marhisha Ali, I think that's how you say his name, who just won an Academy Award and Oscar, is Vector. Uh, Ed Screen is Zappin. Uh, Jackie Early Haley is Gruiska, if I'm saying that correctly. And then there's a bunch of other characters. So uh, it, it's about a two-hour movie. Uh, it moves very quickly. You really feel for the main character. I, I'm not going to spoil it or anything, but um, I enjoyed it very much. I, I thought that, uh, that they did a great job with this. I'm glad to see that it seems to be getting a lot of good um, word of mouth. It's doing pretty well at the box office um, because I really hope we get another another of these films. I, I think it was really a, a cool setting, and they did a great job. and And I really love the the look and the main character is is awesome. So uh, yeah, she's a very innocent character, but gets of course it's one of these situations where she's thrust into um, this not great world of the future and she has to kind of figure out a way to deal with it so uh yeah very good and there's some other recognizable uh actors in here jeff Faye is in it he's pretty cool he's a he's a bounty hunter with some cybernetic dogs and i i immediately knew it was him when i when i saw it so it was pretty funny to see that uh but uh yeah i uh i liked it a lot uh go see alita battle angel watch some of the trailers and previews if it intrigues you 
All right, so that's uh, that was the movie I wanted to cover. You know, obviously Captain Marvel is coming out this week. It looks great. Uh, I'm very excited to see that. Um, I like this idea of going back, you know, a little bit. Um, I think it's set in the 90s. Is that what it is, 95 or so? I think mid-90s. And the um, we get to see a uh, younger Nick Fury, uh, younger Coulson. And I think Brie Larson looks great, looks perfect for the the character i think she has got the right attitude i i've i'm pretty familiar with captain marvel as a as a comic book character in her backstory i think though they're i think it's being slightly altered for the movies uh, i think it's a little different than what the classic captain marvel story is although in recent comics they've uh they've tweaked that a little bit again too uh at the, at the um in the in the uh, recent comics that Captain Marvel that have come out, so that's not on uh, unheard of. Uh, the uh, you know comic book characters ebb ebb. That's not the, good, the best word to use. Uh, comic book characters get adjusted, get re um, sort of re retconned or reimagined. Yeah, that's the word I'm looking for. Each you know every so often uh, they bring in new creators. They they kind of tweak them a bit. And, and sometimes it's some minor things. Maybe they just change their costume and, and this or that. And sometimes sometimes it's pretty some pretty major stuff. Like there's some things going on with Superman right now in comics that are, that are, are pretty big changes. And uh, that's been happening for a little while. There's a little bit of a, you know, when you've done comics like Batman, for example, has been around for like 80 years and Superman too. There's this double-edged sword of do you keep them always the same that could get boring right if you keep them always the same or do you play around with them a little bit and change things uh the, both both ways have their pluses and minuses I, I i feel that if um i feel you can do a little bit but i don't think you can do that much i, I think you need to stay true to the characters i um i've been seeing all this kind of stuff online about this will get into what i was talking about earlier about fan uh toxic fandom well not too much but you know the the Ben Affleck has apparently bowed out of uh, being Batman anymore. So there's, um, and I think this has come up before, uh, but uh, they, you know, Michael B. Jordan, who was in Black Panther, who was the like you know super popular actor uh, these days, and he's black, you know, and and people have been throwing out, you know, have him play Batman. You know, they want a younger. Uh, guy he, he's obviously got the build for it he's been in those um, boxing creed movies uh, but i i mean I'll, I'll be flat out honest batman isn't black i mean, I mean you, you could create an alternate version you know like a, a different one but he he's just not so i didn't like it when they tried to change johnny storm you know when they did that in that really terrible and this isn't really why it was terrible i don't usually say this a lot with movies but that fantastic four movie where michael b jordan played um johnny storm that movie was just not good and and it really didn't have that much to do with they they cast johnny storm as a as a black you know character but um or a black actor played him I, I don't know if i'm saying it the right way but you guys know what i mean but the movie just was not good uh, but, um, and that was not my idea of how a Fantastic Four movie should be. They still, truthfully, the ones they did before, uh, with the, the other actors, um, whoever was in there, Jessica Alba was the Invisible Woman. Oh yeah, we had Chris Evans as Johnny, Johnny Storm then instead of Captain, he, you know, once goes on to play Captain America. 
eventually maybe they'll get uh, the Fantastic Four right. But point being, I don't think you should change the the, the basics of the character, right? If he was a, a white American guy, rich a white American guy, that's that's you need to kind of stick to that. Now, yes, comics have changed and done this at times uh, in the books over the years, but you got to understand that that's eighty years of you know in some of these characters' comic book history, and a little blip of time or an alternate version, like they had this uh, Chinese Superman for a little while uh, that had a little bit of a comic book series recently. So, so there's a not, but he was actually a different character. It wasn't like he was Clark Kent. He was just a Superman, but a Chinese guy in in China. Uh, so the the point again is, with all that time, if you're going to do a movie, you want to kind of keep the movie to the to the core character, right? Movies are not have not been out as much. I mean, if they if we had 80 years of Superman movies or Batman movies, I'm like, okay, yeah. And, like, there's this talk right now of a new James Bond, even though they're doing one more with Daniel Craig. And the um, they were talking about casting. Idris Elba has been talked, tossed around a lot to play James Bond. And he's a black guy, right, obviously. So people are kind of mixed on that. I mean, we have a, a Doctor Who as a woman now. Doctor Who is a unique case, though. Doctor Who's been on the air for, for many, many decades and I think it was time for something new. Plus, they've got a built-in explanation for that on the show, right? She she regenerates, or he regenerates. I don't know how to say it these days. <laughs> so, um, but but James Bond, eh, I can, I'm fine with that. I mean, but we also have had decades of James Bond movies. So maybe it is time for a change like that. Or even maybe a female James Bond at some point. Uh, we have somebody named Michael on, on Star Trek Discovery. Can we not have a, a James or Jamie Bond or something like that, a female one? I mean, they've certainly done some uh, spy-type characters, uh, women, uh, you know, in recent history that have been really, really strong and well done. And we're getting a Black Widow movie, too, with Scarlett Johansson. So anything's possible. I, and try to keep an open mind. But I but I think with... Uh, with some of these things, I, I think they go maybe a little too far, at least for my taste. So uh, that's my uh, commentary on that. What else? Oh, a couple other things to talk about on TV, and then we're almost like a half hour into the podcast. I don't even talked about what my main topic is, but we got to switch off to that. The uh, Doom Patrol. Doom Patrol is is airing on the DC Universe app it, or, or network or whatever you want to call it. Uh, episode 3 just came out on Friday. I am following it. It's a totally kooky, weird show, but it's a lot of fun. And I recommend it. Uh, I just finished up uh, that show Manifest, ended its season with the plane that came back after five years. That turned into a pretty good show. We just ended the season of The Gifted. I sure hope that show comes back because, boy, it's 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 good. And if you like mutants and that, check out The Gifted. I haven't watched Umbrella Academy yet on Netflix. There's a whole bunch of stuff on Netflix I haven't, I haven't had a chance to watch yet. I haven't even watched Daredevil or the new season of Punisher. So that's um, that's on my list to, to see. Uh, what else? Oh, and um, I mean the normal shows that I always talk about uh, are still on. So that should be good. Uh, let me take one more break. I'm going to come back and we'll try to cover a little bit about how the Academy Awards and sci-fi and fantasy films have uh, gotten along or not gotten along over, over the years. Hello, I am not Jen. And I am most certainly not Angela. And you are not listening to the Anomaly Podcast. But you are listening to Treks and Sci-Fi with our good friend Rico Dosti. And when you're finished with... When you're finished... 
when you are done listening to Rico, you can head on over to the Anomaly Podcast. That's A-N-O-M-A-L-Y podcast.com. Fangirls with the Moosis. The socially functional fangirls who walk on the wild side. <laughs> All right, so uh, the uh, history of sci-fi, uh, sci-fi films... And sci-fi and fantasy will cover a little bit of both, but it's mostly sci-fi that we want to talk about. There's a little bit of a um, little bit of fantasy thing here to mention, but um, their relationship with the Academy Awards has been mixed. You know, these uh, I would say it's a fair statement to make that the Academy Awards, the Oscars, are they they are they never go to these kind of movies mainly because. These are not, although in recent years this is not true, so this is going to be kind of a hard statement to make. These are not exactly message things. They're not exactly message movies. Movies in recent years especially have been very um, serious, super serious, uh, very heavy in terms of, you know, what's going on in the world and and a lot of other um, fairly uh, intense subjects, let's call it. And that's not usually what these movies are, but there are exceptions. That's not really completely true. And in the um, in recent times, I guess I'll just mention it now. Uh, the the big uh, thing that happened last year was that the movie The Shape of Water, you know, sort of a sci-fi kind of a fantasy sci-fi hybrid kind of a movie. I enjoyed it. I liked it. Uh, it won Best Picture, and like, what? <laughs> and and the, the weirdest thing about that one was to me was I thought the movie was pretty good uh but was it a best picture it it just it was a super weird outcome to me because honestly of other movies that I know that have been nominated other sci-fi or fantasy films that have been nominated in in the the few that had for best picture is the the um that's not one that I would have said, oh, yeah, that one should win, you know, about a fish guy, you know, love story fish guy thing. Uh, So not that it was bad or anything like that, but I'm like, that's the one you guys ended up picking finally? Uh, Strange, huh? So uh, let me go back uh, in time a little bit. I I, I pulled up several reference things here, so give me a – bear with me a little bit. As everyone knows who's listening – the the Academy Awards, the Oscars, uh, they've they've generally it's generally technical categories that these kinds of films have won. So not now I'm not going to go over every one, every every um, win um, and, and nomination. I'm going to try to stick to mostly wins, but I'll mention a few nominations. Even back in in the 30s, you've got uh, some of the classic uh, films, classic scary films, uh, which are more, I guess, fantasy, not exactly not exactly sci-fi, but there's a few in there. Uh, you have things like uh, The Bride of Frankenstein getting nominated for sound recording back in 35. Uh, uh, an Oscar actually uh, went to uh, Frederick March for Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde in 1931, which is a really an interesting thing to me. Uh, we have some cinematography awards throughout this time. Uh, Destination Moon, a classic, older, cult classic kind of sci-fi movie uh, for special effects, one in 43. Uh, when Worlds Collide in 51. Uh, there's uh, a few others. War of the Worlds, 
won for that that you know really great uh, movie in in 1953. Won for special effects. Uh, the um, the movies. Uh, let's see. Wait. Uh, Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea, a classic Disney film uh, from '54. Won for art direction, set direction, and special effects. Um, Forbidden Planet, one of my favorite cult classic or classic. I, don't, I shouldn't say cult classic. It's it's more of a classic. Uh, Forbidden Planet won in '54 for special effects. Uh, in getting into the '60s, uh, the movie, the the original uh, Time Machine movie, the Time Machine from 1960, which is a great great film. Everyone should everyone should see that if you're a fan of sci-fi fantasy. That movie won for special effects in 1960. Uh, then, uh, let's see, Dr. Strangelove, which is a great movie. Uh, it was nominated, uh, didn't win. That was a nomination for in 64. It, won, it was got a, nominated for Best Picture. It uh, was nominated for Best Director and for Writing as well. Uh, in 66, we have Fantastic Voyage, winning for visual effects, art direction, uh, a few others nominated that year let's see moving on to 68 68 was a big year for for sci-fi movies we have um, both planet of the apes the first planet of the apes movie in that year and of course no one could ever forget 2001 a space oddity uh, odyssey what am i talking about <laughs> what am I, my words if my words fail me 2001 a space odyssey so in that year in 1968, uh, actually, Best Actor Cliff Robertson won for a great movie called Charlie, which is uh, based on a, a short story called Flowers for Algernon. Great story, great movie. Um, I guess sort of sci-fi. Basically, it's about a mentally challenged guy, Charlie, who gets a procedure done, and it makes him like super smart. And, and that's just giving you the simple Cliff Note version of it. You should all watch that. It's a great film. Uh, Cliff Robertson is fantastic in it, too. Uh, special effects uh, won um, 2001 Space Odyssey won, and there was an honorary makeup award. Uh, I think this is back when they didn't really do makeup awards, but that has changed in recent years. Planet of the Apes won that, which is well-deserved. A lot of other na- nominations that year. Uh, Stanley Kubrick got nominated for Best Director uh, in 68. He also, uh, the writing got uh, for 2001 also got nominated. Art direction got nominated. Uh, costume design for Planet of the Apes got nominated. Original score for Planet of the Apes got nominated. Uh, so, so we're, you know, we're getting a little more action here once we get into the 60s. And, and sorry, the late 60s at this point and now into the 70s. Um, nominations in 71 for A Clockwork Orange uh, and Director. Best Picture and Director was nominated. Stanley Kubrick directed that as well. Uh, let's see. Let's move on here a little bit more. Uh, nominations for Young Frankenstein for writing and sound. Not a lot of acting you're noticing. Not a lot of acting. Not even a lot of Best Picture nominations, truthfully. A few scattered here and there. And then uh, in 76, we have Logan's Run. Uh, won an Oscar for, for visual effects. Uh, nomination for art direction. And then in 1977, this little little movie called Star Wars came out. And kind of change things and and it, it's something that's been talked about both on this podcast and it gets talked about a lot so let's talk about uh let's let's first talk about what it was nominated for it was nominated in let's see well, almost 12 things star was nominated for um best picture best director uh 
and uh, best director also uh, Close Encounters of the Third Kind for Steven Spielberg. Uh, supporting actor Alec Guinness was a nom- nomination. Melinda Dillon was nominated. Supporting act, uh, did I say actor for Alec Guinness? That's what I meant. Actress Melinda Dillon for Close Encounters. A screenplay uh, nomination for Star Wars. Film editing for Close Encounters. Art direction, set direction, Close Encounters nomination. Sound Close Encounters nomination. Visual effects nomination, Close Encounters. And original score, uh, Close Encounters. Now, here are here are the wins for 77. Uh, and uh, keep in mind, uh, Star Wars was nominated for Best Picture in 1977. And... Uh, what what won that year? Hang on a second. I gotta pause the recording and find out. Ah, I thought it, I thought it was this, but for some reason I thought this was a 1976 uh, Rocky won. Uh, Rocky won in 1977 Best Picture, which you know Rocky's a great movie. There's no denying that that's a fantastic film. Uh, still, you know Star Wars. Yeah, I mean it, with all the money it made, just just on that alone, you would think, yeah, best picture maybe. I mean, I think Rocky did pretty good at the box office too, but but it wasn't even like in the category or anywhere in the the realm of Star Wars. So, Star Wars did win though. Uh, what was the total? I always I always forget the number. Is it seven or eight? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Yeah, seven Academy Awards that it won. Art direction, set direction, film editing, visual effects, costume design, sound. Original score, which is great. Uh, happy about that one. Special achievement for uh, sorry, a special achievement award for sound effects. Sound effects, uh, Star Wars. Uh, cinematography was Close Encounters. It won, and special achievement award for sound effects editing. Close Encounters of the Third Kind. I forgot about Close Encounters being seventy-seven. I always want to make that a seventy-eight movie. Uh, all right, so let's uh, so so Star Wars changed things, and I think this is a, a an important thing to comment on that it, it it did i think make the academy more uh, aware of these movies a couple things happened one they became i think a little bit more aware they they had some nominations and some little bits of wins here and there over the years uh, but um it made them notice them more and it also they got nominated more after this and the other thing the the other thing to think about when you when you think about award shows and, and nominations and and is the mix of films there are many so many more fantasy sci-fi movies these days than there were uh back you know say 70s or even that i mean it, it was it, it's incredible we i talk about this every year when the summer starts uh, of the number of um the number of these kinds of films now. So just because we have so many, the percentage of films out there is greater that involve uh, some kind of sci-fi element or fantasy is going to give you more recognition. It's going to be hard to avoid recognizing these kinds of movies when that's what's being made for, you know, a lot. Uh, although I feel like that trend is, it has changed a little bit in recent years, somewhat, you know, in a way. Anyway, uh, and then in, let's see, 78, we have an Oscar to Superman the movie for achievement in uh, visual effects, which makes sense. Some other nominations that year. Boys from Brazil got nominated for several things. Lawrence Olivier, uh, Best Actor. Uh, film editing for Superman the movie. Original score was nominated for Superman, uh, which I still feel that that's a shame that that didn't win because, man, that's score. Superman the movie. They put that right up there with the Star Wars score. I mean, just just so classic. 
Uh, in 79, we have Alien. Alien. Brian's probably listening now. Wake up, Brian. <laughs> it's uh, The movie for Alien came out, one for visual effects in, in 79. Uh, some other nominations that year, Star Trek The Motion Picture was nominated for visual effects. So was Moonraker. So was The Black Hole. Remember that one from Disney? Uh, Alien for Art Direction, Star Trek The Motion Picture for Art Direction. An original score for Star Trek The Motion Picture was nominated, so uh, only only visual effects. Now, you know, I feel like the original um, Alien movie is is iconic, and and uh, it's kind of a shame that that did not uh, get nominated, but um, as a as best picture. The Deer Hunter won in 79, which is a great movie. It's a really great movie. Uh, I, I have this other list tab open on my uh, computer here showing the winners for our best picture. So I'm going to try to pop those in now and then. Okay, and then we get to big 1980. 1980 was a very big year because we had The Empire Strikes Back come out. Uh, the Star Wars sequel that everybody was... Uh, at the time, you know, it was like, wow, that's a lot different than Star Wars. I mean, I'm trying to put myself back in, in that era. and uh, But it was also so rich and so new and so good. Uh, that I think even with the ending, the very cliffhanger ending, uh, which was, I, I just always feel that, that was one of the boldest things that George Lucas really ever did was to make that kind of very uh, meaty sort of dark middle chapter there with a big cliffhanger like that and have to wait three years before that got resolved. I mean, hats off to you, George, for that one. Uh, but um, they won for sound, uh, Empire Strikes Back. And for visual visual effects, of course, uh, that's all the nomination or sorry, that's all the wins for Empire. Uh, they were also nominated for art direction. Uh, what else we got here? Original score, of course, and uh, Altered States. Another very good film was uh, nominated for original score. And then uh, 81, we had Outland a nomination. 82, uh, E.T. wins for visual effects, sound. Uh, sound effects editing an original score great movie uh it was nominated for best picture uh now again i kind of feel like <laughs> et is is and is an iconic classic movie it's a great movie it's probably one of spielberg's best it, it's 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 quintessential qui you know it's just it's just really perfect i feel like uh, uh but the the movie that won that year kramer versus kramer which is a great movie uh, you know, I, I, I can't deny, uh, I mean, maybe some years I could deny it and say, I, you know, but uh, it, it's hard to deny that's that's not a, you know, that that's not a great movie. So uh, uh, what else? Okay, so uh, E.T. was nominated for Best Picture. It was Best Director was nomination, uh, screenplay. I mean, E.T. E. was pretty well. E.T. E. was a, sort of an interesting movie when you think about it because it was, it's one of those sci-fi films, right, that, not only the people like it was popular, people enjoyed it, still enjoy it, but the Academy pretty much liked it. Didn't give it best picture, but they still gave it some awards and it got nominated by for quite a bit. Cinematography, film editing. Uh, we also had, you know, another great movie, which I still this is this is would have been a tough year because Blade Runner also came out and was nominated uh, for art, art direction, visual effects, costume design for Tron, sound for Tron. That was really, 1980 was a, or sorry, I mean 1982, excuse me if I said 80 a couple times or not. Uh, 1982 was a great movie movie year for sci-fi. So, I mean, Blade Runner is probably one of, another film for, 
ah, it's so, it was so bold at the time and so, so classic now. And it's just no other movie did what they did then. Uh, and still, it's been hard to even repeat that. Although I like the new Blade Runner movie. Uh, but uh, all right, uh, moving on to 83. 83, of course, the biggie, the biggie that year was re- something called Return of the Jedi. I don't know what that is. Uh, <laughs> um, it got a visual effects award, of course. Did not win anything else. These are the days I remember sitting actually and watching in, in, in this time frame. I would watch the whole Academy Awards. I, I haven't done that in forever. I, I haven't watched the Academy Awards straight through. And probably this year's the one that was last weekend is probably the one I've watched. The, the, you know, just barely watched it. I had it on a little bit in the background. And I, I didn't really watch hardly anything this year. One, I, I kind of missed having a host. I like the host stuff. I usually watch the first hour or two and then I switch it off. Uh, but back in these days, though, I was watching the whole thing, mainly because a lot of these movies I loved w- were nominated and in there and in the running. Um, so other nominations for um, Return of the Jedi score, art direction, sound effects, sound. Uh, another movie that was some nominations that year was War Games. I need to get a drink. Excuse me. And then we're going to move on to uh, 84. All right. In 84, we have um, a great movie, Starman, uh, with Jeff Bridges. He was nominated as a Best Actor, did not win. You're noticing a bit of a trend here, you know, that that sci-fi movies are winning. Uh, They're getting a lot of nominations, but but the wins are only pretty much for uh, the -the behind-the-scenes stuff, what I call sound, uh, music, uh, effects, visual effects, some art directions, things like that. Uh, the um, And then other things, 2010 came out in 1984, which is weird to say. <laughs> and uh, it won, or sorry, it got nominated, not not any wins here, it got nominated 2010 for art direction, makeup, sound. Uh, the movie Dune got nominated uh, for sound also, and visual effect nominations for 2010, uh, which is a good movie. Uh, next, 84. Five, we move into, um, we had a fun movie, Cocoon, that year. A sci-fi movie. Uh, we had Best Supporting Actor, Don Amici, win for Cocoon. And, and that that works. Uh, it was a good movie. And, uh, I, I mean, I thought all the actors in that movie were great. Uh, visual Effects also won for Cocoon. So we got a couple of wins that year. Uh, nominations, Back to the Future. 1985 was the big Back to the Future uh, movie, the first one. Uh, Power of Love won, or sorry, it was nominated, excuse me. Sound, sound effects for Back to the Future were nominations. Uh, and uh, let's move on. Okay, 86, we have the movie Aliens come out, which was a, a big hit. Uh, one for visual effects, won Oscars for visual effects and sound effects. Uh, the movie The Fly won for makeup, which kind of makes sense. Nominations for that year were uh, Sigourney Weaver got a nomination for Best Actress in it for Aliens. Uh, cinematography, Star Trek IV, The Voyage Home. Uh, film editing, Aliens was a nomination that year. Original score for James Horner, Aliens. Uh, Leonard Roseman, uh, Star Trek IV, The Voyage Home score was a nomination, which I love that score. That's a great score. Uh, art direction, Aliens, a nomination. Sound, another nomination for Aliens. Uh, and sound and sound effects for Star Trek IV, The Voyage Home. Star Trek IV, The Voyage Home was was a very popular movie. You know, it's, it's one of the best... Um, grossing Star Trek films and very popular with people. Very, uh, it's, it's probably, 
I, I think it's the most easy for for non trek type people to enjoy. Are one of the one of them is for sure, and you know got got a fair good fair amount of nominations. Uh, Eighty seven. Uh, Oscars two inner space visual effects and makeup Harry and the Hendersons. Uh, some nominations for Predator and Robocop. Predator visual effects and Robocop for film editing and sound. Man, Robocop is hard to watch. <laughs> Uh, 1989, uh, the big year that the first uh, Batman movie came out uh, with uh, Michael Keaton. Uh, one uh, art direction, art direction movie uh, Oscar goes to Batman and visual effects The Abyss. We have um, also some nominations for The Abyss, Cinematography and Sound. I love that movie. That's a great movie. James Cameron, uh, Back to the Future um, 2, Part 2, visual effects nominations and art direction for The Abyss. 1990, a special achievement award for visual effects uh, for Total Recall, and some nominations also for Total Recall um, in sound and sound effects. 91, uh, the biggie that year was Terminator 2 Judgment Day, won four Oscars for visual effects, makeup, sound, and sound effects. Didn't win for story, didn't win for the movie, didn't win for... Now, I feel like Terminator 2... Judgment Day is another one of these cases of that is a, a, a like a watershed kind of iconic film as well. Let's see who won or what won. It wasn't even nominated for Best Picture. Uh, let's see what, what what did win in 91 for Best Picture. Scrolling. Oh, Dances with Wolves. Eh, good movie. Kevin Costner. Uh, you know, I liked it. Uh, all right. So so I covered the Oscar winners win wins there. Um, Terminator 2 Judgment Day also had a, um, it had a couple other nominations, had nominated for cinematography and film editing. Uh, Star Trek, uh, 6, The Undiscovered Country was also nominated for, uh, in, uh, makeup and sound effects. Didn't win, but nominated. Uh, we'll skip 92, Batman Returns, some nominations there. Jurassic Park, um, in 93, the first Jurassic Park movie. Uh, it won Oscars for visual effects, sound, and sound effects, and that that is fitting. Uh, I, I do feel that's kind of an iconic film, though. I'm kind of surprised it didn't get nominated for Best Picture. Keep in mind, and I, I don't know when it switched, but back in those days, um, the Best Picture nomination list, was was it only five or six movies? It was less than it is now. So it, now, now they can do, I think, up, up to ten. It doesn't have to be ten, but it's up to ten they can nominate for Best Picture. So uh, I and I wish they would, uh, um, or I hope they keep that, and I hope that allows them to nominate more sci-fi and fantasy films. So where was I at Jurassic Park? That was '93. I wanted to look up what won that year in '93. Unforgiven, ah, good movie. Clint Eastwood can't deny that. Uh, skip '94, '95, Twelve Monkeys, and Batman Forever were the big, big movies that year uh, for some nominations. In 96, we have uh, an Oscar for Visual Effects to Independence Day. Uh, and then we're going to be moving into the 2000s. But I think, do I want to take a short break? Yeah, I think I'm going to take a short break. We're about 50 minutes into the podcast. Let me take a short break, and I'm going to come back, and I'm going to give you, I'm going to talk about this a little differently now. Uh, talk about some, what I feel some some classic movies are in recent years that that maybe should have won, and and then the the big win, of course, for um, uh, Return of the King for Best Picture in two thousand. What was that? Two thousand and three, I think. 
I'll look in again while I'm taking this break. I'll be back in a moment. Hi, this is Ashley Victoria Robinson. I play Ensign Williams on the Red Shirt Diaries web series, and you are listening to Rico on the Trex and Sci-Fi podcast. All right, so uh, I've gone through quite a long list of, uh, you know, nominations for, for several years of what won, what what uh, got nominated of, of sci-fi fantasy. I wanted to go back. I, I, I looked this up a little bit during the break. So the... Um, the, the, the key thing or one of the key things that happened uh, back in 2008, uh, it, um, sorry, saying this, get, trying to gather my thoughts here. In, in 2008, uh, we had the movie The Dark Knight with Heath, Heath Ledger, um, probably to me the best Batman film ever. I, I do like the Michael Keaton film, but it, it feels a little, little off now these days and, and The Dark Knight and especially the portrayal of, of the Joker by Heath Ledger and, and just it, it, Christian Bale and their their confrontation is just fantastic. Anyway, that was in 2008. It um, it did not get nominated for Best Picture. You know, he, Heath Ledger ended up winning uh, an acting award for, uh, even though after he had passed away, he won it, um, what do you call it, posthumously or something? <laughs> I cannot talk. Uh, excuse me. Pardon me. I apologize. Um you guys know what I'm talking about. So there were only five uh, from uh, from the early days of the Academy Awards. They they had always limited the number of nominations for Best Picture to five. So in in nine, in 2008 uh, or after that, 2009, we'll call it. Uh, they moved that to ten. Uh, it, it's not it doesn't have to be ten. This is an important point. Uh, it, it doesn't have to be ten nominations. Uh, they uh they they don't have to uh but um it's weird because it's like it can be up to 10 but it doesn't have to be 10 uh there's an article here i'm seeing on this uh one site called filmschoolrejects.com which is a pretty cool uh <laughs> i like the title um but i i agree with what they um i i agree with what this uh person has to argue or the way they're discussing it and they say there should be 10 in other words there are tons of films that come out each year. Why why only limit it to like seven, eight, nine even? Why not just always have ten? Why not just say, hey, hey, whoever puts the nominations in, I, the Academy, I think, does that. They send out the little things. Here's ten slots. Fill it in with ten movies you think should be in there. Um, I don't think it would be that hard. I think it's reasonable to, to, to do it that way. And I think it just makes more sense. And, and I think it also gives you opportunities here for some of these oddball films like sci-fi and fantasy films to maybe win more often um and also not just that but there's a little cachet with being a nominated movie for best picture right um if they threw that on to movies recent movies like logan or blade runner 2049 um you know or or the dark knight when that had come out you know or wonder woman which is a great movie um it's just I think these movies are, it gives them being nominated. You know, there, there's this thing that the people who win or even people who don't win, you know, they'll, they'll say things like it's, it's just great to be nominated. And that's kind of accurate. I mean, it'd be great to win if you're nominated, right? No one can deny that. But the, the nomination also holds, um, it, it does help the movie do better uh, and, and get more recognition uh, and the people who worked on it. But it also shows like, you know, we're not just saying like, hey, you know, here's our 
five or six or seven or eight nominations. All the rest of you, blah. You know, I, I feel like there should be more recognition. And aren't we in a day and age right now where everybody wants to get recognized, everybody gets a trophy? I'm not really saying that, but, uh, I mean, there are hundreds, literally hundreds of movies each year that come out. I forget the number. Um, it may be a 1,000 or, or something. I don't know. It's a lot, right? Uh, and, uh, I mean, there's a lot of really tiny films you never even really hear about that come out. Uh, but um, to not be able to pick or not pick 10 nominated films that that's incredible to me i mean you, you, we should do that and i think that would be a great thing I, I don't know if it'll ever happen i mean i think when uh they moved to the 10 number uh only about now 10 years that this has been in place i think most years it's been close to that uh i'm not going to bother to look up you guys can do it on your own if you want but uh it's been close i, I think they've always had at least eight i, I want to say i don't think they've ever gone much lower than that and I think they have had 10 um, a few times, too. So, um, you know, other movies, you know, uh, that um, that they, they, you know, they should get nominated. There's just a ton. Uh, so um, there's this other list that I found that I thought was kind of interesting. Um, this is from the, uh, the, the movie, you know, site magazine Variety. Everybody knows that probably. Uh, they listed 25 genre films, you know, sci-fi, fantasy, whatever, that they feel like should have gotten nominated for Best Picture. And, and again, besides recognizing the, the, the work that goes into these, you know, not just the work, but um, the, the specialness, the uniqueness of these movies, uh, it's, just not, it's just not another comedy or another drama, that there's something very unique about them. Uh, that I, I feel uh, if they had had more Best Picture nominations in the past, except in recent times, then th this could have been possible. Anyway, I'm going to zip through these. There's 25. Let's see. So Metropolis from 1927. Great movie. Classic film. Hard to watch these days, maybe. But um, if you're interested in watching an older, uh, early sci-fi movie, and, and the, there's a robotic character in the movie called Maria uh, that you'll notice looks very much like C-3PO and has always been known as the, um, the look of her is an inspiration for how 3PO looks to, um, in the star Wars film, George Lucas got influenced uh, a lot by older movies, those serials like Buck Rogers and that. So, uh, it's cool to see this stuff now. And then you can see how some modern filmmakers, you know, got their, uh, inspiration. So, uh, what else we got? Um, King Kong in 1933, not, you know, didn't get a uh, it, it it actually didn't get a single Oscar nomination. I mean, King Kong. It, it, I know hindsight is twenty twenty, but even at the time, that movie was like nothing else that had ever been seen. So, uh, Bride of Frankenstein thirty five. Again, this is from Variety's website. Just twenty five genre films they feel should have been nominated. If if probably if there were a lot more nominations for Best Picture during those times. Uh, did the, the day the earth stood still fantastic uh 1951 really a uh, great movie uh this one's uh more of a thriller so we're, we're kind of borderline category here uh psycho from 1960 2001 uh a space odyssey i think i was saying this earlier yeah not nominated for best picture i mean are you freaking kidding me as as tilly would say on star trek discovery are you freaking kidding me i can't i can't quite get her level of tone uh, but, uh, 
Uh, Rosemary's Baby, another more uh, horror thriller movie from 68. Uh, Young Frankenstein uh, did have some nominations uh, in 74, but um, Best Picture, yes. I mean, just a great movie. Uh, Close Encounters of the Third uh, Kind, which we were talking about a little bit earlier, 77, uh, not nominated for Best Picture. Uh, Alien, the first, like I said, that that um, that didn't get nominated. And and wow, you know what a what a what an iconic film too these days. Empire Strikes Back, uh, it just uh, it, it it didn't get a Best Picture nomination. I mean. It's really for most Star Wars fans, right? We, we, most of us. I mean, not everyone, but a, a lot of us consider this to be the the epitome and the and the top, and our and our favorite Star Wars film. Um, the Shining, nineteen eighty. Uh, the Road Warrior, with uh, you know the the first of the Mad Max series, basically. Uh, or no, sorry, the second. Yeah, the first one's called Mad Max. Excuse me, sorry, second. Um, not to best picture for ninety one for eighty one, a Blade Runner. I mean, Blade Runner, not a best picture nomination. I mean, come on, Academy. Uh, how did they not recognize that back in those days, especially when you got into the eighties and nineties, where where sci fi and fantasy films really, right after Star Wars, especially, I, I'm shocked. I mean, it just shows how stodgy and how hard it is to change things. But that's back when they really needed to change. Uh, you can't do it now. Can't go back in time, at least not yet. Uh, they needed to change to having 10 Best Picture nominations. Uh, the Terminator, uh, James Cameron's uh, classic uh, first Terminator film. Uh, this, you know, how, how did that not get a... Uh, uh, back to the Future. I mean, it doesn't get much more iconic. Uh, it was pretty pretty competitive in 85, though, so... Uh, for for that uh, slot, Blue Velvet. Uh, that's it's it's a little bit more of a horror movie. Eighty uh, six, uh, Natural Born Killers. Where again, a little. This is a genre film, so we're, we're a lot of these are not a lot, but quite a few are are more on the horror side. The Matrix ninety nine. I mean nineteen ninety nine. The Matrix, not a Best Picture nomination. Uh, it just kills me. I wish I did have a time machine. Uh, Children of Men, really great movie. Uh, uh, kind of a uh, not as well known and seen as, as a lot of other movies, but from 2006, um, it did get nominated for some other Oscars. Best adapted screenplay uh, is one, but but it did not um, it did not get nominated for best picture. Pan's Labyrinth, uh, Guillermo del Toro's. I mean, he eventually wins for The Shape of Water. Uh, but Pan's Labyrinth is a, is a great movie. You guys need to see that if you haven't from 2006. Uh, Zodiac, uh, again, kind of a crime thriller horror thing a little bit, but uh, from 2007, The Dark Knight, which we've already talked about. Uh, I mean, that that was the key one that put it over the edge from 2008. I really want to watch that now. <laughs> it's such a great movie. Uh, Snowpiercer, a pretty recent movie from 2013. Now, I like this movie. It's very different. It's very unique. Uh, I would love that it had been nominated for Best Picture, but this isn't really one of my favorites. I think it's a pretty cool movie, uh, but um, I, I, it's not uh, necessarily one of my biggies. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy just totally blew everybody away, I think. Didn't expect it. That was when Marvel was just could do no wrong. I still feel like they're pretty much on top of the world, but... Um, so different from the other Marvel films and so much fun. So many 
people loved it too on top of that i mean i i do know we have things like people choice awards but the academy needs to start understanding that just you know there is something to be said to a movie that makes a lot of money and makes a lot of people happy um it doesn't mean it's just a popcorn movie that it's just goofy fun uh i I think you need to recognize that that that's a great movie you know it, it doesn't have to be learning about you know whatever racism i mean i'm not saying that's not important that's great and i'll although i don't need a movie to understand that you know that's a problem and that people should be better to other races <laughs> but uh, and i i'm laughing just because of the absurdity of it that i i have a tendency to do that you guys probably know but but you got to recognize some of these movies that it's when you think about it i mean i know people make movies for different reasons but generally you're you're trying to make movies that people are going to love and want to see and enjoy right that that's got to be in there so how is that not a best picture i don't know um so I think I ran through those pretty good. I I, uh, I think that'll cover that pretty well. Um, so I, I I hinted at before the break I took uh, about the you know big win in 2004 of Lord of the Rings: The Return of the King. Now I've always felt that that win it's deserved. I still feel like the the first film in the series of the Lord of the Rings I enjoy more. I like that part of the story more in the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Uh, the Fellowship of the Ring. Uh, but I think I've always felt like the Lord of the Rings win in 2004 was just more of a almost like a, hey, you guys did an amazing job on this trilogy of films, right? So it was sort of like a, a bit of a reward for that. Uh, and, and that's fine. I, I got no problem with that. Uh, and uh, so who knows? Maybe we'll see. <clears throat> maybe we'll see. Episode nine, you know, get nominated when, when, uh, you know, if it turns out to be a really great movie or, uh, uh, I would love to see, you know, if this end game Avengers movie gets, uh, is good, which I'm sure it will be good. Excuse me. I'm sure it will be good, but I I'd love to see that get nominated. I, I think they need to start recognizing some of these. Uh, I mean, black Panther got probably the biggest, uh, and it's probably obviously because of the race, uh, themes in that movie. Uh, I feel that that's a big part of why the Academy threw that in there a lot. Is, uh, and it won some things, which is great. Uh, fantastic. Um, but yeah, so... Um, but we had the big win uh, in last year, The Shape of Water. Again, which uh, I, I already talked about a little bit. Uh, it, it won. It's uh, it's really a, a good movie. Uh, is it is it, you know, best picture? Yeah. I mean, I, I think I like the movie more than a few other people I've talked to about it. I mean, I think it's a good movie. I, I think uh, Guillermo del Toro, I'm probably not quite saying that properly, but I think he's a, a great filmmaker. Uh, although I think Pan's Labyrinth is a more interesting movie in a way. Uh, I still like The Shape of Water, don't get me wrong. Uh, another recent one that won that's that's really weird, a weird movie, and I almost put it into sort of a, the genre category is Birdman uh, with Michael Keaton from 2015. If you haven't seen that movie, um, sit down and watch that movie. It's weird, but it's fun. I I, I like it, and uh, it, it, but it's uh, it's it's kind of a genre movie. There's some weird elements to it, and uh, yeah. So uh, I think we're like about a minute ten, a minute six here or something. I always add some things in. So I think we're gonna wrap this up. 
I, I feel like I, I, I was going to throw some clips in here, but it turned into more of a conversation. I feel like this worked better. Uh, you guys know these movies anyway, and you can go on YouTube and watch trailers and watch clips all day long. So, uh, and it's sometimes it's easier to do these podcasts without that. Uh, but I think this was fun. I, I, it turned into, you know, I didn't quite have it all planned out when I, I don't these days really get a lot of planning before I sit down and put the mic in front of my face and start talking. I've gotten to the point where I, I know it in my head of what I want to kind of cover, but this was a lot of fun and I hope you guys did enjoy and you get a feel for how the Academy Awards, and I know there's people out there, I was going to say how the Academy Awards and the sci-fi and fantasy films have, have, um, gotten along over the years but i and i know there's a lot of people out there that don't um care about these award things that don't um they're they're not interested but i I find it fascinating somewhat and interesting i mean there's a ton of award shows and i know they're a bit self-serving you know they're the academy awards are are it's people in the business voting for other people in the business but then again they uh they should know that right they should be able to recognize their own talent uh, but they also, I, I, I feel strongly that they need to recognize the public a bit more, too. I, I feel very strongly. I think they're slightly out of touch. I think they're getting better. I think in the last few years, I think they had they had a little bit of, of a brouhaha in the last few years about this. You know, not to mention that, you know, what happened with um, back in 2008 when they switched to having um, more nominations uh, or when it first started, was it 2009? I think it happened in 2008. They noticed it. And then 2009, I think, would have been the first year they had more. But um, but yeah, and and generally, I've enjoyed the, the the winners over the years that I've been in. You know, following this and watching it, I, I've I've seen. I think, and eh, there's a couple of exceptions, but I mean, for the most part, I've seen every best picture winner. Um, I don't a lot of times see them even before the Academy Awards. I'm trying to think of when I saw The Shape of Water. I kind of got the impression, I think, that it was going to win. Um, and I think I did see it before the awards last year. I'm pretty sure I did. But some of these, quite a few of these, I, I see after the fact. Uh, they're generally movies I'm not super interested to go to the theater at to see, which means I see them later uh, and, and generally after the awards. I mean, Lord of the Rings, of course, I saw when that came out. I'm looking at some of the recent, like, the last 10, 20 years of movies back to, like, the 2000s. Um, Titanic in 98 I definitely saw at the theater before before the award show but yeah a lot of these I see later after the fact the King's speech you know that was a really great movie and uh, I, I uh, I'm not into those kinds of movies that much but but I, I did enjoy that and the hurt locker and you know these are non non genre things so um, yeah again hope you guys enjoy this run through on on this topic I think it's very fascinating and interesting to think about and and hopefully with these you know, over the last, say, 10 years of, of having 10 Best Picture nominations. Hopefully, who knows, maybe one, one day we will have a Black Panther or or Avengers movie or a DC Universe movie or some comic book movie win Best Picture. That'd be something, huh? I, I thought Best, I mean, Black Panther probably had the best shot at it. Uh, I have not seen Green Book that did win this year, uh, but uh, I didn't really think Black Panther would win Best Picture. I, I, I did not think so, so. Okay, folks, um, take care. Uh, there should be a guest podcast next weekend, possibly a repeat show or something else, but um, I think that's it. Take care, everyone, uh, and go see a movie.
I'm going to see a movie this week. I'm going Thursday night to the fan event of Captain Marvel. Excited to do that. I'll probably actually see it a couple of times, at least uh, next weekend. Uh, I'm going to go with my uh, son and his wife, I think, one of the days. have to figure that out. But uh, Okay, folks, uh, I, uh, I had a good time today talking about this. Hope you guys enjoyed listening. And uh, if you want to support the podcast that's over at, uh, what's that place called? Oh, yeah, Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash Treks and Sci-Fi. A couple of dollars a month helps support the show for uh, all the hosting fees and equipment and so forth. So thanks for that, and I'll talk to you again soon. Bye. This has been a Rick Dusty podcast production.